what's going on? Welcome to the Biz Women Rock podcast. I'm your host, Katie Kremitzos, and this podcast was created for you if you are a highly ambitious, high-performing woman entrepreneur who is always seeking out ways to improve her business and therefore her life. Welcome. Today is a special episode that I'm really excited to share with you. So I was recently asked to give a keynote presentation for the Tampa Bay business owners. That name may sound familiar to you because, yes, it was a company I ran for seven years alongside my hubs. So when he asked me to give the keynote, I was actually more nervous than any other presentation I've ever given. You'd think it would actually be the opposite since a group that I know pretty intimately, right? But no, I was still super nervous. Why? Because I had seen so many amazing people standing on that stage over all those years, and I knew what a powerful platform that it is. And because I've never truly told my entrepreneurial story before. I mean, in pieces, yes, of course. As a way to drive home points during strategic presentations, for example, of course. But the whole story? Nope. And that was a bit nerve-wracking for me. I'm turning around and sharing the recording of that keynote with you because for as much as you hear me talk about the pieces of all those ups and downs, I really want to make sure that you get that I have had them in so many ways that you wouldn't guess. Like, did you know that this whole thing started with me writing an ebook about how to find true love? And did you know that I had a copywriting business at some point? Did you know that I had a pretty successful YouTube channel that I just gave up one day? I realized as I was putting this presentation together that it was the perfect embodiment of our pasts only making sense when we stopped for a second and looked back to see how all of the dots connected. It's just like Steve Jobs said, you can't connect the dots looking forward. You can only connect them looking backwards. So you have to trust that the dots will somehow connect in your future. My intention is to share with you how I connected the dots in this particular moment so that you may feel an immense amount of grace for yourself and trust as you continue to move forward through your own entrepreneurial story. So here we go, the recording of my keynote called Inside the Journey of a Six-Figure Mompreneur. Oh, and it's worth noting just to give you guys the visual that you will not be able to see on this. When I walked up to the stage, I was holding my daughter, my two and a half year old daughter who had just poopied her pants and I was like passing her off to my husband, her dad. (laughs) And literally you're going to hear me say like, hey, she's got a poopy diaper. And it was so like the mompreneur moment in a snapshot. And what you're also not going to see is that literally the last minute, I believe, of this presentation, my husband could no longer keep her contained in the back of the room, and she ran up to me on stage. So the last slide that I'm talking about and the last point that I'm making is I'm also holding her on my hip and um, and just giving the the whole end of the presentation. It was just so totally not planned and beautifully timed at the same time. <laughs> so enjoy this presentation. You're going to have to take over. She has a, poop, she has a poopy diaper. Okay. <laughs> she wants to speak too, but not really. This is the mompreneur and dadpreneur moment of like, she has a poopy diaper. Please go take care of her. <laughs> yes. Good timing on my part. <laughs> oh, hi, everyone. How you doing? <laughs> um, 
when Chris invited me to keynote at the Tampa Bay Business Owners main event, I want you to know that I did not take it very lightly. Um, having seen, uh, I have been coming to the Tampa Bay Business Owners main events ever since its third month in business. And so I have watched this company from the ground up grow. I have been very lucky to be a part of it. And I have seen incredible people up on this stage, either getting interviewed or giving a presentation here. And every single time that I left, I was like, oh my gosh, that's amazing. So it's very possible that I'm like more nervous now than any other presentation that I've ever given after all of these years. But I tried to think of how I could share a little bit of my story um, which is really interesting because usually I'm actually like sharing strategies or giving a talk about a how-to and kind of inserting my story in there to be able to showcase all of those strategies. This is kind of the opposite. This is like kind of sharing the story and I hope that you get some cool strategies along the way. So I decided to organize it around 10 pillars of my life that I that are standard in my life that have really delivered me and helped me throughout this entire entrepreneurial journey. So I wanted to share those with you. It all started with a book. I actually didn't even know what the word entrepreneur meant. I had never really been introduced to that word until I was 22 years old. When I did, um, I was actually, I started working for Lauren Oberweger, who is a, a TBBO member. And, uh, and that was the first time that I saw entrepreneurship in action that I knew of. And, um, and I always loved writing, uh, but it wasn't until, gosh, I was 29 and I decided I'm going to write a book. I was working in my day job at the time and I just knew that I always loved writing and after almost a decade of dating the wrong guy, I figured I think I can like I think I can figure out how to actually like attract the right person into my life and I'm going to write a book about it. It's kind of like me like I'm going to kind of help build the way even though I don't actually don't have the love of my life yet. I'm just going to give the framework for like how to go through that, right? So I created an ebook called Red Flags and Yellow Lights, A Driver's Manual for Romantic Relationships, which was the most horrible title ever, ever for an ebook. And, um, and at some point, I put it up online, and it wasn't making me the five grand a month that I needed to replace my income within the first 30 days. What the heck? So I went out in search of people who might be able to actually help me figure out how to make money off of this thing so I could get out of my job and be a full-time writer. And I met this guy and fell disgustingly, horribly, wonderfully in love. And he had just started this little organization. I shouldn't call it little. It started with about 100 people back in the day, back in 2008. And it was called the Wealth Building Annex back at the time. And what I knew working in my day job and having this book and having big aspirations to be a writer that was going to change lives for lots and lots of people was that I actually needed to know how to do business. I didn't need to know how to be around other writers. I needed to be around other businesses. And so he had just started this company and, you know, he was really cute and he invited me to come along to one of the meetings and I immediately joined and I got to sit in your spot and within like a month, within a month I got, oh man, this guy, like, dude, we're on, like we're dating, it's lot, it's real, like this is forever, right? And so I also got that just writing the book, I was starting to learn all of this stuff about 
marketing and how to bring people into my sphere of influence. So back in 2009, I started what we now call content marketing. I don't think we called it that back then. And I created a YouTube channel called My True Love TV because if I was going to give people the framework and the blueprint for how to attract true love in our lives, by God, that I needed to be an expert out there for it, which was hilarious. By this point, by the way, I'd finished the book, was in this relationship, but that never actually got talked about in the book, so it was like super incomplete. But I didn't care, I just went ahead, and looking back at this now, I just took this screenshot today. I have 5,200 views on YouTube with 165 subscribers to something that I did in 2009. And I'm like, dang, that was great! What was I thinking of stopping? <laughs> but what happened is that, after a little while, I was like, oh man, I kind of realized that this is going to be a long-term play. I kind of realized that I'm not going to have this business that's going to completely replace my income within 90 days. Any of you guys remember that moment when you realize that that's it, like you're on the journey, right? So I kind of took a look around at what was going on, and I had like this website where my ebook could be bought, and I had this YouTube channel, and I realized that that was a, a long-term play. And then I looked at this business that Chris had started. There were awesome entrepreneurs who were super passionate, who were really like lit up about what they were doing. And I was like, well, tell you what, you've got a business model already. You've got people paying for membership. You've got people paying to come to the events. How about we combine our efforts and both of us go full force in this business model that you already have working because then we get, can get to success faster. Those were the days that I thought success was an endpoint. So um, I started in uh, Tampa Bay Business Owners. And so my role, if those of you who don't know, is that in 2009, I jumped into the company. I was kind of started off as like the helpful little girlfriend, like, and Chris is very good at delegating how many people have experienced that. <laughs> and so I was really, <laughs> I was very eager to please. And while I didn't necessarily know business, I, I didn't have an MBA. I didn't like study the markets. Like I didn't really get it. Like I, I got kind of common sense business. I was in the space of marketing in my day job. And so I kind of came in and I was like, well, hey, you need sales material to sign up new members? Okay, I can do that. Okay, you need a process for how to like onboard new members? Okay, I can do that. You need to take this process that normally takes like 20 steps and bring it down to two steps? I can do that. I'm kind of good at that. And so both of us um, really worked a lot in the business in those first couple of years, just really getting it going. And I eventually went into the role as COO. So that really is my first pillar is that I took on this role as an apprentice. And I don't think I would have called it that back then, but now looking back, I can see that that's what it was. I really showed up to be the apprentice. And I, <laughs> there, there were a ridiculous amount of pictures that look like this, by the way, like Chris here in front, me in back, kind of like, okay, what do you need? What's next? Because that was my role and I got it. And um, that kind of challenged the feminist in me who wanted to stand up and kind of do it on my own. But something in me knew that I wasn't quite ready yet and that I just needed to observe. I needed to get my hands hands dirty. I needed to figure it out. I needed to see how someone who's been running a business since he's been in diapers in some way, how he did it. And so I apprenticed and I watched my then boyfriend, now husband, build Tampa Bay business owners. And I got to be a part of that. And I cut my teeth on this thing called business while we got to figure it out together. We had tons and tons of events, and this is pretty much what you would see me as. Um, I was like the, like, let me figure out what's, what's happening, and I got really good at being number two. 
And our business strategist, Mark, where's Mark? Is he here still? Thank you. Mark's in back playing with the little one. Mark, our business strategist back in the day, looked me in the eye and said, in order to be a great number one, you need to be a great number two. And I wanted to scratch his eyeballs out because I was like, screw you, I don't want to be number two. <laughs> and it's not only until now that I realized how wise that actually was so that I could sit back and I could see how this thing works. TBBO was my first experience on what is a P&L? Like, what is a business model? How do we attract people? What is marketing? And I was watching it from the standpoint of my husband, who's this brilliant marketer and a community builder. What I ultimately learned from that apprenticeship, what I ultimately learned from my husband was community, was the value of bringing people together in a meaningful way that made them feel special. And he was able to do that whether there were three people in the room or whether there were like a thousand in the room. It didn't really matter. Like he was really good at doing that. And that's what I got to experience. And that's the kind of business that I got to work from 2009 till I stepped out in 2016. Which leads me to my next pillar, which is follow your curiosity. So now I have Biz Women Rock. 2013, we brought someone in. So one of, you know, obviously we're constantly bringing really great and innovative education. And one of those educators was Steve, who talked about podcasting. And both of our ears sort of like perked up and we we're like, ooh, podcasting, this is cool. So we both kind of came to the table, very interested in podcasting. I went out and we decided both of us can't do this at the same time and run this very busy company. So I went out because I had a cool idea. And all I knew at the time was that I had been watching my husband interview people on this main event stage at that point for, I don't know, what is 2008 to 2013 or 14 at that point, for many years, right? And I'd been watching him do this, and I watched the conversations that happened afterwards, the light bulbs that went off, the ahas, the like things clicking, and I watched the inspiration turn into actions, which turned into results. And I just wanted that. I wanted to do that. And so I was inspired to do this podcast and do that. How can I capture that that happens at the main event and bring it to a global audience? And this thing called podcasting could do that. Oh, and I just absolutely love and adore women, and I love shining light on women, and I love of raising women up. It's totally selfish because I'm a woman and I just want to keep on lighting other women up. Like, okay, cool. I'll do that. And I really didn't know anything else. <laughs> I didn't know anything else other than that that's what I was going to do. So in 2014, I launched Biz Women Rock as a podcast. But that is not really where my curiosity began. I already talked about the book in 2008, right? And how I tried this whole content marketing thing. That was really my first attempt. What I didn't mention was that one of the things that I did between that book and Biz Woman Rock was I started a meetup, and I think I, I actually don't remember a lot of this because it was so painful that I think I forgot, I think I tuned it out, but I started a meetup, and I'm pretty sure that I did this to support the book. So I was like, okay, I'm gonna have this meetup, and it's gonna be called Super Women, and I think it was to attract single women so that they could then buy my book and all that sort of stuff. And I remember my stomach churning the very first time that I was sitting there waiting for people to come to my meetup. And I swore to myself that I would never do this again because the, the, the anxiety from, oh my gosh, what if people don't show? Four people showed up and I considered that a giant failure. And I completely, I dropped it. I was like, I'm not doing this. This is too much stress. I can't do this. It was not 500 people in the first time. What the heck? As you could tell, I had a lot to learn about patience throughout all of these years. <laughs> so that was one thing that I attempted that did not work. And then in 2010, Chris and I got engaged and I love writing. So I was like, I'm gonna start a blog. 
It's going to be called the year of the wedding. Bonnie remembers this because she was subscribed to it. It's going to be called the year of the wedding. And I've been around enough entrepreneurs and enough business models to know that I can totally do this. I had, the, I had it all planned out. Year of the wedding, and then it goes into the year of the marriage, and then it goes into year of the baby, and then year of the family. It was going to be like, like the thing, right? Like I got it. I got this multi-million dollar business model. I got it. The problem was, is I wasn't very consistent with writing, <laughs> and, um, and I probably within the year that, that, uh, that we got engaged to the year that we actually got married, I probably wrote like eight blog posts. What it taught me, though, was that I actually really did love writing. I was a really good writer, but I was really bad at managing two, what I saw as two competing energies, right? I had, I had to work in our business, and at that, in those early years, like, ain't no joke, y'all. Like, we worked, like, 80 to 100 hours a week. Like, how many of you guys remember those times of your business, right? And it was just the grind. Like, we were in the grind of building the business, and so I just couldn't figure out, how do I do this thing over here and still manage this? And I just let it peter out. But I realized I really loved writing, so at some point after that, I decided that I was going to offer copywriting services. Because at that point, <laughs> at that point, I had become a really good writer. I could write sales copy like nobody's business. I could write email copy. I could write web copy. I could write all sorts of great marketing copy. And guess what? I was surrounded by entrepreneurs who were very happy to pay for that because they didn't want to do it. So I started putting the word out there. I called it water cooler communications. I did a whole branding strategy around it. And I got a handful of clients, and they were really great projects. And I felt really good about what I was doing. And then probably about like 10 clients in, I was like, eh, I'm done. It's not really it. Eh, I love it, but eh, I don't know. So I kind of went back to the drawing board and just kind of kept figuring out like, God, there's something here and I don't know what it is. And that's when Steve came and talked about podcasting. And that's when I decided to do Biz Women Rock. And I got to be honest with you. When I first launched Biz Women Rock as a podcast, here was the setup, here was the agreement. Chris was really the marketing arm. He is a genius at marketing. If you have ever seen the man's mind work in the span of an hour, you get that he is so smart at marketing. He's so smart at being able to grab attention for things that people really want. He's so good at being able to make people feel connected. So our agreement was is that, okay, we would put this out to the world and he would lead up the whole marketing. In those early, in the first six to nine months, I did zero for marketing. He did everything. So everything that you saw out there on, you know, on the Facebook page to literally like getting people to subscribe and rate and review, like that was Chris. I was the producer because remember that's all I had done in, in TBBO. That was our role. He's the marketer. He's the guy out there, and I'm the person who makes it all work. So man, I got really good at producing that podcast. <laughs> and then, um, and I got to be honest with you, if I had not worked with him in that way, if it didn't have such an immediate splash out into the world, that probably would have been out too. But there was something that happened that it became like, oh, this is kind of a, this is kind of a thing. About a month after I started the podcast, I, um, I opened up a Facebook group because I wanted to talk to the people who were actually listening to me. How many of you listen to a podcast? Okay. 
how many uh, that that does not equal like, oh, I can talk back to this podcaster right now. So it's really podcasting is sort of like a one to many conversation, but there's no immediate satisfaction that comes back to those of us who podcast from those who listen. So I wanted to like gather all of those people who are listening, stick them in this group and just continue the conversation. And I wanted to use it as a really great marketing opportunity because I was going to invite in tons of people who had no idea about the podcast, but love this lady with the cape. Oh man, did they love her? So I'm going to invite them in this group. I'm going to build this community, and then I'm going to make sure that you see this podcast all the time to keep on making sure that you know to listen. So that was in 2014. That podcast, that Facebook group, pretty much launched an entire business for me that I never could have imagined four years ago. And I'm going to give you a snapshot of what that actually looks like now. So here is my brand. When I first started, I, I thought that the podcast was my business. And very quickly, I learned that that wasn't actually the case. This is now my brand. Biz Women Rock is my brand. Where my people live and where people gather to me, where my ladies gather to me, is on the podcast. And that podcast gets anywhere from 5,000 to 8,000 downloads per month. And I want to share that with you specifically because in the world of podcasting, that's actually not a giant number. And I want to make sure that you see that like, so much stuff is possible with really great quality numbers. I have a Facebook group with just over 5,000 women in it. I have a Facebook page with about 25,000 folks who follow it. And I have an email list of about 1,700. And with all of those people, that's pretty much the landscape of my community. My job, as it lies now, is to provide resources for very ambitious and high-performing women entrepreneurs who want to grow their businesses intentionally, who want to do that and understand that this whole journey of business is equal parts strategy and equal parts emotion and spirit. <laughs> and we get that it's part of that. It's a personal development journey. So my job is to provide resources for them, like masterminds, like one-on-one -on -one coaching and strategy, like live events and like online education. So this is where they all live, and my job now is to walk them through this experience of entrepreneurship in a way that's meaningful for them. But this is really what that all looks like for me. This is Jody in the background. Yay, these are a couple of my ladies who came to my retreat. This was um, a group coaching program that I had, but this is very much what my masterminds look like. Chris talked about like, hey, I literally do my business from a four foot by four foot corner in my bedroom, in my very tiny house, and that's where I get to connect with thousands of women all over the world, and this is really the main way that I do that. So women who participate in my masterminds, this is what it looks like. This is where they get to show up, and they get to do their own business on their time in their home offices um, because it works for them. They get to learn from other women entrepreneurs. I get to give information and teach information that is exactly what my high achieving woman wants to learn to enhance her business. I get to do things and teach education on things that I think that I'm pretty darn good at about strategizing and planning and being productive and making all the things work which is what I'm going to talk about here in a second. I get to podcast. This is my little corner. I think towards the end of this, I have a picture of what it looks like on the opposite side of this. So you're going to see my messy closet in there. <laughs> but this literally is my office. This is a little corner of my bedroom. I make it look really good and colorful in the background with my logos everywhere. And that is where I get to build my empire. This is 10 steps away from my daughter's bedroom. This is three steps away from the whole family area. And I have no desire to leave. <laughs> it's exactly where I want my business to be built. 
This is the retreat that we had in 2017, and I get to connect with these women in person and, and in a virtual setting, and I get to help them do their businesses better and more intentionally, more purposefully. Which leads me to my next pillar, experimentation. So for the first two and a half years of Biz Women Rock, so from 2014 to mid-2016, I consider that a giant experiment for me and my company because here's kind of the landscape of what was going on. 90% of my time was spent being the CEO of this company. So 10% of my time got to be spent trying to figure out what am I, what am I actually doing with this? I have this really active group. I have, the, uh, I have people who love my podcast. I have people on my email list, uh, you know, like subscribing to me and emailing me back when I send out an email. I have people telling me that they're really loving what I'm doing. And I just couldn't really figure it out. I'm like, what am I doing here? So I did a lot of experimentation. I did, I got sponsors. Just within that first year, I got a couple of sponsors. And it was good, but like, wasn't the lasting business model for me. I, I did a group course. I did a 30-day biz challenge. I think like within the first six months of Biz Women Rock, I figured like, hey, I'm very goal-oriented. Everyone else must be very goal-oriented. I'm going to have 30 days. We focus on one goal. Boom, boom, boom. Take that th them through that program. And it was good, but not great, right? I wrote an ebook. You think I would have learned the lesson the first time that the ebook is not going to be my path to millions. <laughs> But apparently not, because I did another book. It's actually a really phenomenal book. It's called How to Launch Your Brand Online. And it literally is like the strategy. But it's like, it is exactly not what we online business owners use an ebook for. It literally is like the, the thing, right? <coughs> so $4.99 later, I was like, how come my business revenues are not skyrocketing right now? And then in those early years, I, I sort of did coaching. I had a really, really heavy fight against calling myself a coach because everyone was a coach, right? Everyone launched a podcast, everyone became a coach, and that's what they did. And I'm like, I really don't want to, I don't want to be that. I don't want to be pigeonholed into that. But what I did do is I had so many people knocking on my door asking me for help that I finally said yes to one woman and just like really like tried to see how I could help her. So at that time it was like a thousand bucks for like three months of coaching, which is super cheap. And I like, I was like just figuring it out. We met every single week and I got to tell you, I helped the heck out of her business and that was great. She still gives me tons of credit all these years later, but I was just experimenting. I was trying to get my feet wet with all sorts of different things that I could possibly do. Everyone kept asking me, Katie, you've got this super active Facebook group. How do you do it? Like, how do you do it? And here's the key of these pillars that keep making all of these things come into play. I had been being part of building community in a live sense since 2009. I knew what it took to be able to build community, to make it feel like when I talk to you that you are one person, that I get you, that I can sit here and have a great conversation with you and that you're special. I knew what that took. I knew how to bring the other people together. I'd been doing that already in a live sense. So that is what I immediately took into my Facebook group. I was like, well, yeah, that kind of just makes perfect sense. That's how I would run a virtual community, right? The thing I didn't get is that most people didn't have that experience. <laughs> most people didn't get that that's how to really run a person-driven community, a, per, a, a community that is based off of people and not just, oh, I've got 5,000 people in my group. Yay, I'm going to automate these posts, right? I didn't get that that was so special that that's what I was doing. So I created an e-course and I ramped up. This was right about the time that I got pregnant with Sedona and I was like, this is perfect. 
I'm going to I'm going to train the team. I'm going to use this as a perfect opportunity to kind of officially get out of TBBO and officially get into Biz Women Rock and that course is going to be my meal ticket. It was $197 and boy oh boy did I actually work harder than I had ever done with any sort of online marketing funnel anything to figure out how to do this. And it was okay. Like it was kind of successful. I actually became kind of known for this. God got it. It was great content. I'm quite proud of it. But then like meh. I, I, because I realized I don't want to be the person to teach the tool. I want to be the person to transform here. And it took me a long time to figure that out. So what happened is, is that I launched this course, was doing all the marketing, and then all of a sudden, I had a baby. So pillar, whatever number we're on, pillar number four or five, life happens. Major, major life happens. How do we adjust? How do we pivot? What do we do? And I really thought that I was going to have it all figured out by this point. I mean, there's so many conversations about automate your business at this point, and so you can step away for months and months at a time, and your business runs for you. How, how many of you have heard that crap? Yeah, well, it kind of only works if you've got a working business model, right? I was still kind of experimenting and figuring it out. So I had this kid, and I, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm an optimist, let's just say that. I hope you guys have gotten that by this point. I really, really honestly thought, like, dude, I am so going to be the entrepreneur who builds a multi-million dollar empire and business from the corner of her home during the mornings and nap times. <laughs> I know y'all are laughing right now. And I got to tell you, I know women who do that and I love them and I respect them, but it took me about two months to realize, I don't think that's going to work for me. After I kind of got out of the scramble and it's worth noting too, that during this time, I wasn't really doing anything. I gave myself a lot of grace because I wasn't really doing anything to nurture my community. I was barely showing up in my Facebook group. My podcast, thank God, I had like, you know, preset a ton of episodes, like four months episodes out. So like, I was like, good, good, that's all going. But I wasn't really doing anything. So I was really scared. Oh my God, I'm going to lose all this momentum. Oh my God, I'm going to lose all this momentum. How many of you have ever been freaked out or you have somebody talking in your ear like you can't stop because it's going to lose momentum? I'm here to tell you that's a bunch of BS because you can freaking make that momentum happen again. Because what happened was that at about three months old, when she was three months old, she, she went into daycare for two days a week. And I was like, okay, I've got two days a week. Well, what happened is during that two days is that um, Chris still needed me in the business here. So I was like, okay, I'm going to do this TBBO. I'm going to do what needs to happen here. I'm going to help him tie up some loose ends. And then one day, one day I'm going to go full force with this. So when she was nine months old, this gets us to mid-2016, not that long ago. When she was nine months old, I finally was like, ah, I have no idea what I'm doing. I felt so unfocused, so confused, so like I have got amazing opportunity in front of me and I have no idea what to do with it. I mean, people were like, I can't believe you have this many people, you know, listening to your show. I can't, like everyone on the outside thought that I was ooh, super successful. And I was like, I am lost. I have no clue what I'm doing. So I took myself. Oh yeah. So this is me. Yeah. Why? Yes. I'm a mom. Was it the disheveled hair, the lack of the shower or crazy eyes that gave it away? Cause that was sort of the space that I was in all crazy, all crazy trying to figure it out. Very judgmental about the fact that I hadn't figured it out yet. So I took myself on a Katie retreat. I think this was August, 2016. 
And on my KD retreat, by the way, there is no retreat part about that. It was, I was working. I was going to work. I was going to figure this out. So what I did is I sat down with myself and I said, what do I want? What do I want? And I realized, by the way, after having talked to so many women entrepreneurs, so many of us actually don't take the time to do this. We're kind of like in the mode, like we're in the hustle of everything. So I forced myself to take two days and I decided, what do I want? And I came up with my mompreneur mission statement. And I love talking about this. I get goosebumps about this still to this day because it, I am so proud. I don't know what forced me to start here, but I'm so happy that I decided to start with what my values actually are. You know, I already had this business thing. I could have immediately dove, dove into like, what's the right business model for me? And instead I sort of paired back and said, wait, what do I actually want? And on my mompreneur mission statement, I basically said, what's important to me? It's really important to me to spend time with my kiddo right now. Like I, whatever works for anyone else, like I really want to spend quality time with her. I don't want to work quote unquote full time. And I really want to make a dent in this universe. I really want to help women. And I don't want to feel like that has to be inhibited because I'm a mother. And I want this amazing, awesome relationship with my husband. And I want to be super fit. And I want like literally all of it. Like I, I put it all down and I said, okay, this is everything that I want. And I'm going to believe that I can have it. So what do I need to do to make sure that that happens? So the very first thing that I did is I created my dream schedule. And I just decided that this was going to be the schedule that I was going to have. I believe, and I have seen over and over again, that your values show up on your calendar. Because where you spend your time is what you value. So instead of letting my business dictate what I, where I needed to spend my time, I decided to go inside and say, what are my values and how am I going to plan for that? How am I going to let those things show up on my calendar? Super basic, but what that looked like is I decided that I was going to have three days of work out of the work week, Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday. On Wednesday and Friday, I get to be 100% mommy. I was like, it is important for me to have those days to be mommy. No other expectation than to be mommy. <laughs> but I'm going to work my butt off during those other three days. Maybe, believe me, when you have a certain amount of time, you get really good about prioritizing. I also knew that I wanted this amazing relationship with my husband. So I was like, okay, we got once a night, once a night, once a week, a date night. And it went on the calendar. And however many years later, a year and a half later, it's always on the calendar for Saturday night. doesn't mean we always go, but like 90% of the time, we always have date night. There's something about that time put into each other, especially in the crazy shifts that kids bring into a family. It was important to me to make time to work out and put time into my health and fitness. So that went on my calendar. I really wish I had a screenshot of my calendar right now. Um, that's what I decided. And so I knew backing into business, I've got 30 hours a week because that includes like, okay, maybe nap time on those Monday or those Wednesdays and Fridays, or maybe early in the morning, right? How in the world do I build a business that is going to impact millions of women with 30 hours a week. How do I do that? I got really clear on my offerings. This all happened at the retreat, at my, my retreat. I got really clear on my offerings. What do I actually do? What do I provide? How can, what do people buy from me? What do, I, what do I provide that's a value? And I created a really cool tool that I call the decision-making matrix that many of my ladies have used to help get clear on like, what is this? Like, what, what have I currently offered? What could I possibly offer? And which ones of these should I put a focus on? And because of that, because I got clear on what those offerings were, it backed me perfectly into 
what are my marketing strategies? So I went from, okay, I need to do all this marketing on the outside, and then not really clear about where the hell that's leading to, to where does that lead to, and then how do I market? How do I get more and more of those people who are perfect for that program or mastermind or coaching, whatever that might be? Which leads me to the next pillar, which is intentional strategies. Chris mentioned that I do not like wasting time. It's probably the biggest like, frustration that I have of when I feel like my time is being wasted. Because every minute of my life, like I get, I so get at the age of 39 that I don't have a lot of time here. Like we all have limited time. So I don't wanna waste any of that time doing stuff that I don't really care about or that is not being purposeful. So from all that stuff that I had created at my retreat, I was like, okay, intentional strategies. Everything that I do, everything I put out there is for an intention of driving people towards what? Or in my mommy life, every minute that I'm spending with my daughter is intentional. Like, what am I doing? I became really, really horrible at trying this whole like um, multitasking thing. I really suck at that because I focus is my number one core strength. There are a few times every once in a while it happens where like she's sick or whatever and I have to like be on my phone to try to do stuff while she's there and I hate it. I don't feel like I can really be 100% in any of those things. Some people are great at it, not me. So I became really good at being intentional with how I'm spending my time and what priorities that I have that are creating the results that I want. So what does that mean? When I came off this retreat, I was clear about two things. Number one, at that time, I really like coaching. <laughs> and even though I've been telling myself this whole time that I don't want to be a coach, I actually really like it. By that point, I had had, um, I think, about two clients, and they were getting really great results, and I felt really good about what I was providing for them. I got a lot more confidence about the fact that I actually kind of knew a thing or two about business. Not only because had I been building this business for all of those years, but because I had this weird, unique combination of being in everyone else's business. Like hundreds of members, I got to see your businesses too. And that combined was like super cool. So I got really clear about the fact that, yes, I'm gonna coach. Should probably let people know that I do that. <laughs> so I created, just immediately, I created an intentional strategy I did a contest to have people win a 90-minute coaching session with me, a totally free one. And I put it out there. I put it on the podcast. I put it in the group. I finally used purposefully all of those platforms that I had people. I sent it out to my email list. And I got, ugh, I don't have exact numbers, but I got, maybe, I think, about like 30, 30 to 40 people who signed up, who wanted that free strategy session. Sedona and I picked the winner while we were on vacation. About, I think it was about two weeks later, she, I wrote everyone's name down on a piece of paper, tore it up, and then had her pick out of the bucket. It was really cute. Yes, I have no problem in admitting that I used my kid for marketing, of course. Um, and I picked the winner, and here's what happened. So one girl won. I had 30 other people, 30 to 40 other people who were obviously very interested in my coaching. So I sent a personal email to every single one of those folks and said, hey, I really appreciate you taking the time to apply. You didn't win, but guess what? I'm gonna give you 25 minutes of my, of my time, no strings attached, I wanna help you. So out of those 29 people, I think like 15, 16 people ended up saying yes. I still have no idea why the other people would say no, but whatever. They said yes, so I had all of those 25-minute strategy sessions totally intentionally wanting to give. And then at the end of it, what happened was that I, like, it became a very obvious, hey, if you want more of this, I can coach you. And half of them said yes. So within the span of four weeks, from getting clear 
to having an intentional strategy, I had a booming coaching business with seven new clients. That's what I got intentional about. I also got intentional about the fact that I wanted to do a retreat. This was the idea that was sort of born at my retreat, and I was like, I want to take people through this process. This works really well. When you get clear about something, you're intentional about something, you know exactly what to do, and you can create serious results. So I knew I wanted a retreat. So I put it out there to my community, and I had 13 people at my very first retreat. There's Bonnie, there's Jerry. <laughs> um, I had 13 people at my very first retreat. This is not a cheap ticket, y'all. Like, this is not a $100 ticket. We stayed at, a, at a, um, a house on the beach. We all had the rooms, and it was an experience that literally transformed my entire business. Because all of a sudden, everyone outside who was not there got to see the legitimacy of my business. And most important, too, is that everyone who came to the retreat got results. Like, they took the stuff that they experienced, and they went forward with it. And even out of that, I had people starting to work with me as a one-on-one -on -one client. Nina, where's Nina? Where are you? There you are. Nina was here in the room. Marie came in from Australia. Woman listened to my podcast the first week that I launched it and became a huge fan. Flew in from Australia to come to my retreat. I knew only three things. I was focused on three things during this time. How can I grow an awesome community of raving fans? Which meant that I needed to make them feel like a community. How do I do that? And I was constantly figure, trying to figure that out and get better at that. How can I grow my client, private client base? Because that's what the focus was in those early days. And then how can I fill my retreat? It's all I focused on. So all of my activities revolved around those results that I wanted. And then at some point I realized like, oh, man, this is like, this is all pretty. It sounds really nice. But there's this thing called like life happens. And all of a sudden I don't think I can do it. And I'm doubting myself. And I don't know about that. And oh my gosh, but is anyone actually going to come to my retreat? Like, ah, uh, I don't know. Who am I to teach this stuff? Right. And I realized at some point, like I needed to like get out of, I needed to expand my mind. I needed to figure out how to live beyond what I ever could have believed is possible. The very first time that I got that a six-figure business, which is this thing, you know, on the outside, you're like, oh, that's so sexy, that's so cool, which is hilarious because people with seven and eight-figure businesses are like, that's hilarious. But the point is, is that the first time that I saw that a six-figure business was actually possible was in 2016, late 2016, when I sat down and I actually said, what are my offerings, how much do they cost, and how many people do I need for each of them? This is not from back then, this is a more current one, I'm not quite here yet, but I'm on my way, let me tell you. How many of you have actually done this recently for your business? What are my offerings, what do they cost, and how many people do I need? I can't even tell you how enlightening it is and how freeing it is to realize like, oh, I don't need 100,000 people. I need like 20, right? And all of a sudden you get really clear about how you're showing up, what you're doing to connect people, what you're doing to make sure that they believe in your brand and what you're doing. Like you get really clear very quickly about how to, this is how to save time, how to save energy, and how to save a hell of a lot of headache and doubting. Just get really clear. What am I off? This is the first time that I was like, oh my gosh, it's actually not, it's totally doable, right? Every single time I take a woman through this exercise, every single time, I don't care how long she's been in business, every single time she's like, oh, I could do that. I'm going to raise that. I'm going to raise that goal. Well, there's something that happens between this <laughs> and the results. It's called business. It's called everydayness. It's called, oh, that marketing strategy didn't work. Uh, it's called, oh, I didn't actually get that result. Oh, it's called, I didn't actually, this didn't actually happen the way that it was supposed to happen. 
WTF? So I realized, like, ah, I need to, like, I, I got to believe that it's possible. It doesn't need to be this hard. So I hired a coach. This is Cassie. She was my coach last year. And while she would probably call herself a business strategist, I would call her my mindset coach. Because she was the first person that I invested in. The very first monies, by the way, after my Katie retreat, when I was starting to sell my coaching, the very first $5,000 that I made, I spent on her. Because I was like, I've, I've got to figure this out, and I know I can't do it by myself, and here's why. I want to save time. I don't want to spend a year figuring this out. I want somebody else who's already figured it out, and I want to, $5,000 is a drop in the bucket if I can save myself that time, right? And I wanted someone to challenge me of what is possible, which she did. I started journaling just about every day. I started journaling, very intentional journaling, and this is something that I had learned from Cassie that I've sort of developed along the way for my own. I started journaling, I've been journaling my whole life, but in the old years it looked like, here's what happened throughout the day. Nowadays it looks like, here's what I want. Here's what could be possible. What, what can I absolutely believe? What kind of an in impact can I make? How can my life really work? Right? And because I'm a writer, this just became, this became so natural for me to sort of put all of my visions out here. What's possible? How do I make this? Like, how can I really connect and impact and, and be profitable? That's part of this whole prosperity thing, right? It's all there. How can I make it all possible? So I started journaling. I started investing in programs that were directly going to expand my mindset about what is possible and how to do my business better. So this is um, Denise Stuffield Thomas's money bootcamp. I mean, dealing straight on with money mindset, money blocks, like how to create more by really seeing where you're blocking yourself. And all of us, all of a sudden, you start thinking about like, oh, there's no ceiling. Oh, there's no ceiling here, you know. And in my head, just to translate this, in my head. A million, multi-million, billion dollar business, that translates into how many people am I impacting? I know all of you guys have that philosophy as well. And then this is Rachel Cook. I invested in her uh, sweet spot strategy. These are not cheap courses, you guys, but like I did them intentionally because I knew what I needed was to get clear on what is my sweet spot? What are my gifts? And why are people attracted to me? And what do they want from me? And how do I marry all that into a business model that has no limits? I started expanding my team. There's Jody. Raise your hand, Jody. This is Jody. She's my right hand lady. She's my executive assistant. So genius and brilliant. I don't know if you guys caught this about me, but being the operator for TBBO got me really good at doing a lot of everything, which meant that I could do, I'm the person who does it best. No one else could do it better than me. I figured it out. So it was really a big challenge for me last year to finally hand some of those reins over and say, okay, Here's how I make a bigger impact. Here's how I do more by not letting it be me to build out that little thing over there or to do these other things. That's not really where my gifts lie. I need to be spending my time elsewhere. Jody helps me with that. And then this is Danny, my uh, podcast producer, because I, for three years out of these four years, I produced my own podcast. And even though I got it down really good to like a two hour process every week, that was two hours that I did not need to spend on my podcast editing. I'm not an editor. It doesn't matter how good I am. It's not where my gifts lie. That's not how I'm contributing to this world. I would so much rather spend those two hours hanging out with my kid, uh, hanging out with my hubs, and doing what I love to do with my community. I started asking myself the whys behind all of my big goals. I'm a real big dreamer. Like, I really want to aim high. But I started asking myself the question, why do I actually want that? Why do I want to make $100,000 in my business? Why do I want to make a million dollars in my business? Why do I want to impact millions of women all over the world? Like, why do I actually want that? So why do I want to spend time with my daughter two days out of the week? Like, why? Because I got 
that asking myself those questions gave me the emotion behind it that fueled my actions every single day, and that energy translated. So if I had a why on how many women that I wanted to be a part of my masterminds, every time I show up, everyone that I talk to is going to hear that why. That sells. Not because I want it to sell, but because I'm so ridiculously passionate about that why behind it. And I started really questioning this whole concept of choose one, business or baby, business or baby. I don't like that concept. I don't like that. I'm not going to choose to be in that box. I started looking and seeking out people who were running very successful companies who were also building new families. And I was like, how are you doing it? And I just want to be in that space because I do not believe that I need to put the pause button on my business in order to have quality time building a family. I don't, I refuse to believe that. And I refuse to believe that I have to spend less time with my husband because I'm busy building this business or vice versa. I just refuse to believe and give into the concept that I have to like let something go in order to get something else. I refuse to believe that I have to work 100 hours in order to build a successful business. I want to do that in three days a week. Which leads me to my next pillar called grace for the journey because those beliefs all sound really good. But there's this whole emotional part of the journey called, but can I really do that? It's not happening as fast as I want. You all got that I'm not very patient. I want it to happen now. Why isn't it happening? She's doing it better than I am. Oh my God, I'm such a failure. I'm an imposter. They're all gonna see that I suck. And it just happens. And it's hilarious to me. Nina and I were just talking about this. I just was at Social Media Marketing World this past weekend. I was on a panel. I was being featured on a panel to speak there. And in the midst of this conference, I had to step out of the room because I was having massive like downpour of, I can't do this. I suck. This is not good enough. And I had to get, extract myself from that moment so that I could get really clear on what the hell I was actually there to do and who I really am. And not getting too, you know, over arrogant about who I am, but really honoring like this, this journey, like this is where you are. You've been asked to speak at this darn conference, Katie, like enough with this stuff. That's all sabotage. That's keeping you in the way of what you really want to be doing. So there's no time for it. And I can tell you all day long that teaching myself that works just like a jiffy, but it's still a process, still a process. So I give myself a lot of grace for the journey. And I want to embody this in one particular moment that happened not so long ago in November, really October, November of last year. So we're not talking about a long time ago. This is a Facebook Live that I did in my Biz Women Rock Academy, which Jerry and Nina and Bonnie are part of. I talked about how I wanted to quit because I had this massive overflow of, I'm not good enough. I can't do this because I've got all these big dreams and I'm not there yet. So that must mean that I'm not doing this right. And that must mean that everyone else is doing it better. And that must mean that it's just not happening. Why isn't it happening, right? I, don't, I have no desire for you to have any pity on me whatsoever. But what I hope is that maybe you recognize yourself, some of yourself in this. Like if you ever doubt yourself, if you ever feel like, wait a minute, it's not, why can I not have this? Like what's going on? Because these moments, what I discovered, completely stopped me. Completely stopped me. Back in the days, in the TBBO days, they stopped me for like weeks at a time. Now, thank goodness, they stopped me for a couple of days and I've created some sort of a process to kind of like work all that stuff through and get out of it. And I think that I've discovered along my journey that 
the very successful people, I'm using quotes because those of us, like those who have it, right, that, that are doing what they love and impacting people and making great money doing it and just living a life that they truly love, like I think what they get is that you don't have to avoid these moments. You have to learn how to process them quickly, learn the lesson, and turn around and be even better afterwards. And that's the journey that I continue to be on. So I give myself a lot of grace. And this was a Facebook Live I did, telling, like showing up. What I do, what I do is I tell authentic stories. I am super real about this journey and that I'm on this journey with all these ladies. And I turn around and I share like, dude, let me share with you what happened. And here's what happened. And here's how I got through it. Journaled a lot, found out what I'm really great at how I can marry that, all that sort of stuff. Here was that process. And it was so inspiring because out of the, I mean, this is a really tight-knit community, probably about 40 ladies in there. And I think 30-some-odd ladies had commented, 30 or 40 ladies had commented, 75% of them were like, uh, Bonnie included, like, oh, hell no. I am coming to your house. I'm dragging you out. You are not, you are not quitting. Good reminder that I'm on the right path. <laughs> So I give myself a lot of grace for the journey, which ultimately, ultimately leads me to this concept of UBU. So if you ask me how I have done this or what I do, the concept is that I continue to learn this lesson. My ability to be quiet with myself and discover what makes me so special and why I attract the women that I do and how I can best help them, where my skill sets can best lead them to the kind of success that they want, to the kind of lives that they, they want. And all of this history that I've had of this entrepreneurial journey so far from the YouTube channel to the book, to the TBBO, to the memberships, to the hugs, to all of the education, how do I bring that to what I do every single day and how do I... How do I make sure that I'm showing up in a way that's just, just me? And that's this concept, is you be you. And so every single day, I, I'm a lot clearer about this now, thank goodness, but like it is a continual journey for me. How can I continue to par down and not be that, but be me? And how can I show up in a way that allows my gifts to lend themselves to what these women want? And for me, what that looks like right now is really in my masterminds. I launched masterminds last year in 2017 because I waited so long because somebody, you know, other people were doing them. Why would I do a mastermind? Everyone else is doing them. And when I launched my very first mastermind last year, it went gangbusters. It was amazing. And I kind of did it like, oh, I don't know if I'm going to be good at this. I don't know if this is going to be okay. And I realized at some point in there after six months and it was magical. It was like the most magical thing that had happened for these women and the transformations that they had in their businesses. I was like, yeah. I've been running masterminds since like 2009 for TBBO. Like I've been a part of masterminds. I have, you know, I have seen them. I have facilitated them in any level of business from beginner to scaling to, you know, multi-million dollar businesses. I've been a part of facilitating all of that. Perhaps I could keep on doing masterminds. And when people continued to tap on my shoulder asking me for masterminds for all of these different levels of their experience, I was like, okay, got it. I can keep on leaning into that. That's something kind of special. So now I get to offer masterminds for ladies who are in the sustainability business. Like they're trying to find sustainability in their business. They got a business model working, but they need it to sustain itself. I offer masterminds for women who are in the scaling phase. They got the business model. Now they just want to scale. They want to make it work better for them. 
And then I offer masterminds for women that I call in the impact phase. They've got a business, it's scaling, it's great. They always have their eye on making it better, but now they want to impact. And something that might be doing something a little different, that might be doing something completely off the wall, but that might be going deeper into what they're already doing. And those are generally pretty good sized businesses. And they really, really love the idea of being around one another to get new ideas. This is the other shot of my bedroom. So this is, <laughs> this is the other side, which you don't see on all my Facebook lives. I keep it real, y'all. <laughs> and this is a photographer who had come in for the, um, the business journal. And you could just see, like, this is my life. And I love it. And this is so me. And so much of my marketing and how I show up is literally no makeup, hair's a mess, I'm sweaty from my run, and I'm going to come here to tell you what I just learned or what I'm experiencing at this moment because perhaps you've experienced it too. That is my mode of doing it. This is me in the bathtub while my parents were here because I have a tiny house and my parents were here visiting for a long time and I get up early in the morning and I journal and I do all sorts of stuff and this was the only, uh, only room in the house that didn't have sleeping people in it. <laughs> I put, on, I put in my group, I was like, you guys are, have you guys ever seen that, um, that snapshot of uh, Jeff Bezos at his desk, with like his old school desk with like a cardboard piece of paper on it that has Amazon next to it? And I was like, this is going to be my picture. Me in the bathtub. You get me 10 years from now. This is going to be hilarious. But this is my dedication. And I had a girlfriend look at this and she's like, holy shit, Katie, like you were intense. I was like, no, I'm just, I know what I'm doing. I love what I'm doing and I don't want to stop. I want to keep leaning into it. And this is me. This was my post the other day was like, here's what I love about my business is that I can be 39 years old. I can wear pom-pom pigtails, yesterday's makeup, and people actually still kind of listen to what I'm saying. Like that's kind of a cool business to be in. The last pillar ultimately that I have learned all these years that enables me to do what I do is gratitude. And I know we all hear this lesson, but I feel like I have finally embodied this. I feel like I finally get it. Because gratitude is the door to the kind of life that you actually really want because it's appreciating what you actually really have. And I know that sounds a little convoluted, but it works somehow, and I don't know why. Like, I get to go to the, we're, my daughter and I are going to the beach on Friday because that's what we get to do. On Wednesdays and Fridays, we get to do whatever the heck we want when we're in mommy mode, you know? Like, I get to do that. I don't take that for granted. This is my family, very big Arizona, well, the most of them are in Arizona. And this is us during the summer, and I get to do this, and I get to work out of my sister's office that's over here in the early mornings, and I'm super grateful that Arizona's a couple hours behind, because I can pretty much get my work done before anyone wakes up. I can do that, you know? Like, I get to do that. I get to be super in love with my hubs, even though he drives me nuts sometimes. Is he in the room? Like, this is us in the Keys a couple of weeks ago, just having a much-needed, you know, marriage retreat and just hanging out and remembering, like, how, why we fell in love. Like, I get to do this stuff. I get to create what it is that I want to create. I get to be shining with my cape. I should have worn my cape tonight. I get to be shining with my cape because, like, that is me. And there ain't no one else like that. There are a gazillion other women entrepreneurs who teach other women entrepreneurs how to grow their businesses. There is no one like me. And I guarantee in your business, no matter how saturated it is, there's no one like you. And the more that I lean into that, the more the successful that my business is. Not just my business, but the more success that all of these things that I identified on my Katie retreat, the more success I have. Come here, cutie. 
And the, this ultimately is in my business where I'm grateful. These are all of my ladies because my business that I run from the four foot by four foot corner of my house might be virtual, but it's really all of those relationships at the end of the day that I get access to, including this one. Thank you. Thank you. Yay. Are you serious about having major growth in your business? Ready to have a business that you love? Then become a member of the Biz Women Rock Academy today. The Biz Women Rock Academy has everything you need to master your business. Masterclasses, case studies, behind-the-scenes training that give you practical strategies for growth. A private members forum where you'll build deep relationships with your fellow biz women, get support, and share best practices. Building your business is a journey, and the Biz Women Rock Academy ensures you have the support, the education, and the relationships that make it a profitable, enjoyable, and purposeful one. Become a member today by visiting bizwomenrock.com forward slash academy. Academy.